Welcome back to The Last Preppers Standing Podcast, episode number 19. Today, we are talking American gun confiscation. This is by your guys' request. I had you vote on it on a couple different social media platforms, mostly on the Instagram and at two different profiles. One is the American Prepper Group, and the other is the Last Preppers Standing. So whichever one you voted for on, it was overwhelmingly you wanted me to cover the American gun confiscation and what that would look like. So the first thing, we'll just dive right into this. The first thing you have to consider when you're talking about the American gun confiscation is how it has already been laid out. The groundwork for it is a battle of hearts and minds, as they call it. I encourage you to go look up Eric Holder says that they have to brainwash the American people about having a completely different view on guns. So they need to make you afraid and get you away from the American culture of guns so that it'll make it easier for them to come and confiscate them. Now, if you ask me, I think we're probably maybe a lifetime or a generation away from it being an actual possibility. And it all becomes, it all comes from uh, kind of a two-pronged attack between not only the cultural, but just the demographic shift as they try to bring in more people from foreign countries and they get further, uh, they get these people who are further and further away from the gun culture and are coming from cultures that don't have any inherent gun rights to them. It'll make it easier to disarm the population for the government. Now, that being said, I do think there's a, like, that's how I think it's going to be. It's going to be at least another generation, but I very much do think we could see the signals for the gun confiscation in the next generation to really start to happen now. The slippery slope kind of hitting that decline that there's no coming back from. And a lot of that stems from um, the red flag laws that they're trying to put in place. That is going to be such a political um, tool and it's going to be a tool that's also used in um, domestic disputes in terms of like, you know, husband and wife and just going to snowball from there. You have a coworker who's mad at you. They know you have guns. It can very quickly turn into kind of like the new swatting. You have people who are getting red flag law and there's going to be some people who in these areas where you had it, you already had uh, situations where it turns into a crisis because that person's not giving up their guns. They're not going to be having their uh, due process just stripped from them, taken away. And if you're not familiar with all the ins and outs and the, the pros and cons, which it's really just nothing but cons for the gun, the red flag laws. I encourage you to look that up. There's a great Tucker Carlson uh, segment on it, kind of mid-June-ish around June 13th through maybe, or June 12th through maybe 14th, 15th. He covers it very, very well and talks about kind of the end of due process and what it would mean for America as a whole if they could just strip you of your rights Um because of somebody making a complaint, kind of future crimes. The other thing that they're going to really um, harp on, and you can look this stuff up too, I encourage you to, it's one thing to hear, it's another thing to really just do your own research, but as a health crisis, you can look up gun violence as an epidemic, and you'll have all kinds of different politicians and, and doctors and the pharmaceutical company. And this was before 2020. So they're kind of laying that groundwork of, Hey, this is an epidemic. This is a, this is a health crisis. And now we've seen how far they'll go using the health crisis excuse to potentially 
using that as an avenue to come get the gun. So if it happens quick, it happens really fast. I think that's the way um, that they're going to do it is through kind of the, the medical health crisis um, avenue. And then the other thing you're going to really see a lot is a fake consensus. And that's going to be like a media consensus where they kind of give you this idea and they're just manifesting it into existence that there's a fake consensus that everybody thinks we need reasonable gun laws. I think you've heard that over and over again. Reasonable gun laws. Nobody, nobody thinks there should be weapons of war in the street. Nobody thinks that. So just manufacturing this fake consensus when, you know, I was having this conversation with someone the other day and we're in a great um, time to be able to have these conversations because not it's not a great time for these people. It's a great time to make a point is there's a war going on in Ukraine right now and we're doing everything we can do and we're scrambling to arm these people. So another thing I did when I was having a conversation about the guns is I really like to show people how to look up this information and kind of coach them through the steps of thought. And one thing I did is said, you know, they're scrambling to arm these Ukrainians and they, they're making children as young as 16 and men as old as 60 stay and fight. And you have these soldiers who are trying to bring these children and old men up to speed and they're training them with little cardboard and little wooden guns so i googled um wooden guns ukraine and it brings it up and you have these soldiers because these people don't have the firearms yet they're waiting on it to get there from foreign countries but in the meantime they're kind of doing some dry fire drills and some tactical drills with these guns that are made out of wood they're little silhouettes of ak-47s so we don't want to be in a situation where they say you know well you don't need a gun of war in america well yeah we do in case there is a war i'm watching it happen right now i don't want to have to be waiting on the government to supply me with the ability to defend myself and to help repeal an invasion when I have that ability to do it right now, when I have a constitutional and God-given right to do it. And, um, you know, don't get, let people get you caught up in the constitutional right either. You have an a inherent God-given right to the self-preservation of your life. And to me, it's by any means necessary. So our God-given right to life and to bear arms isn't isn't something that the constitution gives us it's the constitution is enshrining those rights it's highlighting those rights it's letting us know that those rights exist they existed they existed before the constitution the declaration is and the enshrinement of it is in the piece of paper that is just signed by men this is we're talking about this is a right from god is to defend yourself defend your family and defend your country your nation your people your tribe whatever it is you have a right to do that. Um, the manufactured not only uh, consensus is going to be brought in by uh, media hype. And that's media hyping up any incident, whether it be a uh, mass shooting of three people to a mass shooting of 25 people. They'll never highlight the gun crime or anything like that that puts any of their voting base into a bad light. They won't give you any of the real statistics if you take out any of the major crime centers from and you take out all the acts that were happened with illegal guns you really don't have a gun problem per se you have a people problem and i truly believe that so they're going to continue to not only manufacture fake consensus they're going to continue to manufacture 
the hype. Now, if they decide to go ahead with all this stuff, there's going to be a lot of things that we need to see. And this needs, and this is hopefully how it goes down. You don't, don't trust any of these politicians because you don't hear them talk about it enough. Any of these politicians who are saying that they value the Second Amendment, they believe it's your constitutional right, this, that, and the other, about how they're going to do everything to protect it, yet they don't talk about how, you know what, this is a state secession issue for us. If you guys don't, uh, if you as a federal government decide that you're going to put these regulations in and you're going to impose that on our people of the state, we're going to secede from this federal union. That's something that needs to really happen, and it is something that really could divide the country. So the states being divided over guns, I think, is something that we should look for um, in terms of who are the good politicians, who are the ones really standing in there and saying that they're going to they're going to not stand for it, our state's not going to stand for it, we'll just disband with you um, on the union if that's something that you don't feel like we have a right to do. Now, whether they bring it in from um, the fake consensus and the media hype, whether it be a health crisis or just getting to the point where they're saying, hey, we're coming to collect them, I don't think it's going to happen from American troops. I think in some states and some uh, National Guard units may go along with it. But I think the big thing that they're going to do is they're going to bring in a foreign UN force, a peacekeeping force to really help um, with that. And that's been said since the 80s. And I just the more and more we see things happen now, I truly believe that's going to be the only way that they're going to be able to do it is through a UN force. So if you see a state like California or New York open its borders to um, UN forces or foreign peacekeepers, or they may even just nationalize the um, federal federal police force, which is happening now. And they're using January 6th as a way to say that, hey, you know, we're giving the federal police force this type of jurisdiction to go through and uh, prosecute and, and arrest these people, uh, maybe possibly the U.S. Marshals Service. But I think the big, the big um, enforcement arm of this is going to be the UN. As we enter um, UN uh, peace agreements with them, where it talks about disarming the population, you should look that up as well. But it's all groundwork. The legalese of it has been getting laid for decades. And the framework to have the legal high ground has, has been in the works for for as long as I could remember so they could sit there and that's part of what they're going to do with their fake consensus to say, Hey, this is just a law. How many people, uh, Hey, you need to put your mask on. It's a law. No, it's not. It was a mandate, right? Um, no, I'm not in part of that UN treaty. I'm not a citizen of the UN. I'm a, I'm a United States citizen. I'm a Texan. I'm a California. I'm a, I'm a Utahian or whatever it is. You know, it's like, there's levels to this shit. And there's one thing I'm definitely not. And it's definitely not a citizen of the UN. So as they try to make this fake consensus, these fake laws, uh, they're going to have to really use them as kind of the enforcement arm of it. Now, one of the things they're doing with the media hype, and I see a lot of preppers and, and, you know, kind of not really, I, don't, I use their term in a way, but it is true. I'm, you know, a little when you're suspicious of the government and stuff, you get trapped in the the psyops of a false flag and we're worried about whether they whether this event was a false flag and go down these rabbit trails and highlighting and harping on how, how this event was manufactured and was staged. And, you know, I'm guilty of that myself. And I believe that they definitely do stuff like that. And they use those type of tools to 
manufacture control, manufacture consent. But at the same time, I don't think it's good for us to talk about, well, I'm not going to lose my gun laws because this event was fake and they staged it just to take my guns versus just saying, hey, you know what? I have a God-given right that was enshrined in the Constitution. Here's the history of my country. Here's the history of our people, our countrymen who fought and died for these rights. Here's, you know, let's talk about Lexington and Concord. Let's talk about um, all the stuff that led up to us even breaking away and forming this union. The stuff that um, happened in the Magna Carta and people's just, there's a long history of us having a right to self-defense, a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you can't have life, you can't have liberty, and you cannot pursue happiness if you're under a tyrannical government as a disarmed serf to the system. It doesn't happen. So I encourage people, instead of focusing on things like, oh, the PSYOP of, well, the shooter worked here, or the shooter had contact with the Fed, and blah, blah, blah. That stuff's cool, and it has its moments, but I don't think it's something that we should hang our hat on is why I'm not losing my gun. I think we need to be more rooted in just, it's our natural God-given right to have our gun. And, you know, we're going to have to, with these with these red flag laws, you're going to have to really sit down as preppers, as Americans, you have to sit down and say, you know, where do I draw the line? Because part of this gun confiscation is going to be a slow creep is what I'm really trying to say. It's going to be from ad campaigns and brainwashing. So you have you have kids, you have a wife, you have family, you have your friends, your spouses. If you're part of if you're the one who's the gun person, you need to figure out ways to friendly, safely um, in, indoctrinate them into American gun culture because they're trying to indoctrinate them into not having that be part of their culture to not to just see thinking of every gun is scary is every gun is violent and a tool of war versus a tool of protection. You know, I try to really hype and highlight stories of where, you know, a mother was home alone and our kid was home alone and they, our elderly person was home alone and they used a gun to defend themselves. Those are things that we should be hyping up and highlight and talk about, Hey, see how important it is. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of allies to be gained in the gun community too, between, uh, urban America and gay America. You know, a lot of them say, Hey, they feel so attacked. They feel this, they feel that. Well, Hey, you know, you have a constitutional right to defend yourself. You have a constitutional um, and, and God-given right to life and liberty and a pursuit of happiness. A firearm is part of that. You don't need to be worried about being attacked. Let me show you how. Let me highlight some stories for you how. Let me tell you the why. So, you know, an, a disarmed population is a slave population. And that's that's just the truth of it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Because you're not, you're going to be put, look at Australia. That didn't the stuff they got away with in in during 2020 is not ever going to happen here if we have the rights to defend ourselves and to protect ourselves. But it's just going to be a slow cultural creep that leads to maybe um, a completely bloodshed free with confiscation of our guns. And the only people who are going to die are the people who are red flagged and they fight back or they're just slowly marginalized. And they let so many gun laws come in that they just end up going away and it ends up fading out of our culture. That's the American, that's the American gun uh, confiscation to me is having it just bled out and bred out of our culture. And we have to do everything we could do to fight back. But on the other hand, if they try to use the medical tyranny, they try to pull that lever, we're going to have to be ready and we're going to have to make up some hard decisions about how far you want to take it. Whether you want to live a peaceful life or you want to live a life of... Uh, freedom and 
doing what's right for future generations? Or do you want to, I mean, not a peaceful life, but a life of servitude and going under the thumb of a tyrannical government? Those are all questions you have to ask yourself. It's going to be an individual question for you about how you picture it full unfolding if UN troops roll in, if the uh, federal police roll in and they just start red flagging one neighbor, red flagging another neighbor, and it's just a slow, slow burn where it's one gun, gun owner at a time, one person at a time. So I encourage you guys to think about the stuff I said today, do the research, understand that it may be more of a cultural shift that happens and just we people just lay down and give up their gun rights without a fight. Just like they stayed in their homes, put on their mask and did exactly watch their businesses go out of, go out of existence, watch their economy and their cities and their infrastructure just crumble without a whimper, without it, without a drop of blood. So as, um, as one of the founding fathers, um, or as the founding fathers taught us, you, you're going to have to fight for your right and your your liberty it's it's just a given and whether we're fighting on the soapbox or the ballot box or you know the bullet box it's something that you're gonna have to figure out what area and what arena you're comfortable fighting and i'm very comfortable right now fighting on the soapbox and the ballot box and i've done a lot of uh heartfelt thinking about when when do i go to the bullet box and you know, that's going to require some very strong leadership for me. It's going to require some some big, big, big steps like talking state secession, military secession, uh, different branches of the military saying, hey, you know what? You politicians have gone too far. Um, we're here to liberate the American people as the American Army, as the American Navy, as the American um, uh, Marines or whatever it is. We're, we're liberating our people. You guys have become too tyrannical. So there's, there's a lot of steps because I don't think this is going to be a lone wolf war that you could win. That's that's um, that's delusional, really, at the end of the day to think that you single handedly could, you know, end any of the stuff that's going on. But you could definitely make an impact. I know that there's um, people out there who are really making a huge impact one by one, one person at a time, one event at a time, taking one person to the shooting range at a time and just really reinforcing the culture and highlighting the, the whys of we, why we need to be able to defend ourselves. But American gun confiscation is, is a very tricky subject. I hope I shed some light on it. I hope I gave you some information that makes you really think and expand your mindset on it. So American gun confiscation, that's my episode. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on the Last Prepper Standing podcast on uh, or Last Prepper Standing on Instagram at American Prepper Group on Instagram. Those are the two best ways to reach out. Continue the American culture. Go out there after you listen to this episode. Post a positive story about someone protecting themselves from guns. Talk to a friend about guns. Go set up a date to go to the shooting range. Teach them some dry fire drills. Do whatever you need to do to continue to fight in the culture war of guns.